tourism is like fire. It can either warm you or it can burn you. This is Mark Swinton from Capella Ubud, Bali, chatting with Rene Leithmanos about the luxury travel industry and where to from here. You worked for the prestigious Amman Hotel Group for over a decade. Did you get to meet the group's new owner, Vladislav Dornan, during your time there? So I was with Amman during that whole takeover. It was a very strange takeover. So yeah, he, I mean, he's a great guy. When you go to Moscow and you see what he's developed from nothing, it, it's spectacular. I, spectacular is the only way I can put it. So there, there wasn't an Amman in New York, but one of the biggest uh, feeder markets for Amman is from New York. As one would do, you just go and buy the building and say, I think he bought the Crown building or something like that. Um, and he's, he's going to turn it predominantly into residential. And then the Amman property will be there. And then a lot of retail and F&B. And they've um, dedicated a lot of resources to this. And it's going to be spectacular. It's interesting, though, when you think about the Amman brand, because I've stayed in a couple of them, luckily, and you think of New York, they're the polar opposite, aren't they? There's a duplicity there. How is an Amman going to work in New York? Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's a secret. There's an Amman in Tokyo, and it's ranked number two in Tokyo. It, it, you know, you can do city properties. Um, you have to create, you know, the word Amman means peaceful. So it's really, it's all about space and comfort of space. That's, that's the underlying meaning of Amman. And, you know, what you would say have in New York, which would be in a, you know, is a city that never sleeps. It's 24 seven. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the, like Sydney, it's one of the, the iconic cities of the world. It would be very different than what you would have, say, in Amman in Kyoto or Amman in central Java. It's going to be a completely different experience, but the common thread should be that, it's about comfort and space. And Mr. Doran says that, in fact, that his favorite property is in Indonesia. It's the one, uh, the Aman property in Java, I believe. Amanjiwa. So the word Aman means peaceful. It's Bahasa Indonesia. It means peaceful. And Jiwo means soul. So Amanjiwa means peaceful soul. And it's right um, situated on the, the, the foothills of the Minori Hills and looking straight towards the Kadu Plains and Borobudur, which is the largest Buddhist monument in the world. And it's in its, you can't get any more Zen than that. I mean, <laughs> it's so relaxing and it's so beautiful. And the culture of Central Java is amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to go. After that, you, yeah. so after your time at Amman, you went to Six Senses. That's right. So uh, moving to Six Senses back to Bhutan, I was with Amman and Bhutan, 2006 and 2007 and uh, really enjoyed the experience and then six senses is a wonderful company very big in environment and the environment and sustainability they one of the another ethos is emotional hospitality and fun and quirky and the company really seemed to be um it was it had a lot of uh, attractiveness and everything so i thought yeah let's i go up back to bhutan and open up these five properties and yeah, really, I, in terms of the facilities, for sure, Six Senses Bhutan has the best facilities in the kingdom. Uh, very, very special. But as you can imagine, in the kingdom of Bhutan, you've got some wood and you've got stone, but everything else has to be imported. So you're, you're kind of an island in the Himalaya. Do you see um, locations like Bhutan as becoming more popular in the new world of travel? 
Yeah, very much so. I, I think in terms of travel, uh, people are looking for adventure. They want to see nature. They want to see, they know that the world is changing. The environment is changing. And they want to see these special things before they're gone. They are considered the only country in the world that is carbon negative. So, and, and they're also considered to be the Amazon of the Himalaya. Um, so in terms of their, their environment, they were very protective of their environment. So you've got a lot of plants and uh, different uh, trees and different uh, weeds and things that grow there that they protect, which are very, very important. You, this country goes from uh, 200 meters above sea level. So it's very tropical, tigers, elephants, all the way up to 7,000 meters, seven and a half thousand meters. So it's a small Noah's Ark. All of the plants, the trees, the animals, the birds, it's in this country, which is the size of Switzerland. And they're very much into conservation. So yeah, it's, it's a really a wonderful, and it's a very good tourism model. You know, they're really focusing on, they, they kind of realize we don't want mass tourism. We want to focus on very niche luxury travel people because they were worried their population is only 800,000 people. So they really want to focus just on, on luxury travel and people who appreciate what they have. The, the, the spirituality is amazing. Um, Tibetan the Varjayana Buddhism um, and very, very special. And how do you think people feel post pandemic about the issues of sustainability and conservation? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, um, uh, Travel and Leisure just came out with a Reader's Choice Awards. Three of the top five, and these are Reader's Choice Awards, so the readers are selecting this. Three of the top five winners in the world for hotels are camps. So people are, they're, they're into adventure, and they want less impact on the environment, and they want sustainability, and they want to see nature. I originally come from Vancouver, Canada. You know, a hot day in Vancouver in the summer is, was 23, 24 degrees. And people go, oh my God, it's so hot. It's a heat wave. They were at 34 degrees this summer. That's unheard of. That's crazy. So I think in the future, to answer your question, people want to get out and see nature. They want to get out and see things that they might not be able to see in the future. And this is why Bill Bensley, I am a big fan. Bill and I. So um, am I. Yeah, we, you know, this, this, it's, we call it Planet Bill. That's my term, Planet Bill. Planet Bill is a, is a planet that is like none other in the world. And he and I have some very common uh, likes. When, he, when I first learned about Capella Ubud, and when I, when I saw what he was doing here, I said, brother, you're singing my song because we need to save land here. We need to preserve the forest. We need to, you know, stop building so much, move out to some of the other islands, which are less fortunate and, and let's preserve Bali because the, the, the charm and the feel. And, and so he's really into conservation and tents and low impact. And, and you know, this was, these are things that from where I come from, he's from California, I'm from British Columbia. So, you know, we're, it's West Coast, we're very like-minded and um, yeah, we, we, we care about, the, about nature. And talk us through what's happening in Bali right now. I mean, Bali has relied, relied on tourism. It's been more than 50% of the um, income that's coming to the country for a very long time. Where is Bali at right now? It's a tough time. It's a struggle. The tourism industry is huge here. 
it's the predominant business. As you can imagine, borders are closed. We miss our friends down under, honestly. In terms of the hotels, people are trying to stay open. Uh, at one point at the beginning, so going back to 2020, March, April, May, June, 95% of the hotels were closed. Here at Capella Abud Bali, we never closed. We decided we're, we're going to take care of our colleagues. We're going to take care of our camp. Uh, we're going to take care of the community. We're going to do the best we possibly can. And so we've, we've never closed. And tell me, prior to the pandemic, Bali was struggling with a lot of environmental damage, whether it was plastics, um, you know, a whole lot of things, you know, the air quality. Do you think there have been some positives for the environment that have come out of this for Bali? Absolutely. I think, you know, Bali of 20 years ago, 30 years ago was very different. And we were just starting out in our tourism and, and the people coming to Bali were, um, it was a different market. And um, of course they, you know, they, oh, I've been to Bali. They were singing the praises. This is an amazing place. I mean, us, people in Australia have known this for a long time, but a lot of other people, you know, they're learning this and it's, oh my God, this is, this is amazing place. The people and the culture and the spirituality and, and so much, the, the adventure. And, you know, the tourism grew. But unfortunately, infrastructure didn't grow at the same pace. Uh, I always remember uh, one, uh, one of my hotel school professors telling me it's a very good uh, metaphor. He said, tourism is like fire. It can either warm you or it can burn you. And it's a, it's a really good metaphor. You have to protect it and be careful. I'll tell you something. I was down in Uluwatu two weeks ago. And I've lived in Bali, I've lived in Indonesia since 1998. My wife and I, we were, we were looking out over towards the sunset and over on the cliff and we looked down and there were over 40 turtles in the mm -hmm. tidal pools near the, 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 where the waves were breaking. Rene, I, I've never seen that in Bali. That's a good sign. So mother nature's healing, I think. Mother nature's healing. I'm, I'm optimistic that, yeah, this is actually... You know, and this is the, you know, okay, you can say what you want, different theories, this and that, but, you know, there is good. And I think that here in Bali, I think nature is healing a little bit and less development is also good. And I think a slowdown of that to have a reflect and have a look at it, I think it's also important. Is the water in Bali clean? Yeah, yeah. I, in Ula, where we were, like, sometimes you would see the garbage coming up on the ocean, on the, on the beach. No garbage. It was completely clean. I'm like, wow. And I, I, you know, I have to say, I'm, you know, I'm usually pretty pessimistic about, you know, when I go into a place, I'll go over to Komodo or, you know, go somewhere and, oh, there's garbage here. This is horrible. And this needs to be, wow. I was really surprised, you know, how, how clean it was. I was, I was very happy to see it really, honestly, but yeah, what will the future hold? I mean, we have these multiple areas, um, You've got by the beach, you know, for a lot of our, our friends from Australia, you know, they, they love the Kuta and Semenyak and Chungu and even going up to Tabanan. And then you've got the center of the island where we are here in Ubud. Ubud has, is ranked as the number four most liked city. I mean, it's not really a city, but in the world. Really? We're ahead of, Kyo we're ahead of Kyoto. Kyoto's On what basis? Five. Wellness? In terms of wellness? or Re Reader's Choice Award. Reader's Choice Award, they ranked uh, Ubud as number four in the world for culture and uh, craftsmanship and uh, spirituality and natural beauty. 
and I, and I hope, you know, people can combine a little bit of beach and surf with a little bit of, you know, come and see the, the rice terraces. And, you know, up here, it's about uh, good living. It's very healthy living. But also here in Indonesia, a lot of other islands to discover. So I think the future of tourism in Indonesia and Bali will be coming into Bali and exiting out of Bali, spending some days here, but also discovering other islands. You know, whether, whether you want to go to, to Lombok or Nusa Penida or go surfing in Sumba or go to Sumbawa or, or go to Java or the Mentawi Islands or Sumatra, there are 18,000 islands to discover. This country has over 300 languages, not dialects, languages. So imagine this archipelago. You could take Indonesia from the tip of uh, Banda Aceh in northern Sumatra to Papua, and you could put it on a map of Europe. It would go from London to Moscow. It's a huge wow. country that people, yeah, like Australia, people don't realize how big Australia is. Yeah. So much, so much to discover. And it would be great to, to, for people to get out and explore this country. What actually has drawn you back over and over to Bali? Ah, uh, wow. That, I mean, that's a tough question. Well, definitely her people, the, you know, the, the people, this is a, this is an Island where you come and when people smile, it's a smile from the heart. You know, when you go to some countries, people smile, it's a fake smile, but here when people smile, it's from the heart. And Australians have always known this. Australians have always helped Bali in time of need. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a relationship that um, is, is deep, is very deep. But yeah, what has drawn me back are the people and definitely the culture. And in terms of, because my passion is hospitality, you know, here in Indonesia and in Bali, we have this, in Bahasa Indonesia, we say mampir, mampir, you know, like if you're, if you're in the village and you're attending a ceremony and you, you see a friend or something, oh, uh, but Mark, mampir, mampir. It means come to my house, you know, have a drink, have a coffee, uh, you know, have a, have a pisang goreng. So when you talk about hospitality and the beauty of hospitality, it's in the heart from a very young age because it's practiced in the village. So this, this bringing this into these incredible designs, here in Bali, you have cutting edge design, the Bill Bensleys of the world, the Ed Tuttles of the world, the Jean-Michel Gattis of the world. I mean, you've got all of these incredible designs and you bring this warmth of hospitality into those designs. It's a winning combination. Absolutely. And talk us through Capella Ubud. What was it that compelled you to work there and, and run this beautiful, beautiful resort-like hotel? Working in the hospitality industry and hotel business, we're, we're very much like gypsies. So we're, we're moving around. It's a gypsy lifestyle. But Bali has always been home for me. Uh, my wife is from Bali. I'm very passionate about it. I love it. When I say I love Bali, I really love Bali. So, um, But when we come back, you know, it was always kind of... Mm, we were quite often i was down south working or you know other areas and when i came back to uh, when we, we were thinking about joining with capella two and a half years ago i came up to abud and i and i just it was kind of a uh was a wow moment it you know it was kind of this is bali this is the bali i remember the temples 
the people giggling on the side of the road, the laughing, the rice terraces, the, the culture, the, 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 the craftsmanship. This is Bali. And then when I came to see uh, the property with the camp and nature, it was a no-brainer. This is, this is meant to be. And, um, you know, I met with our owners, incredible owners. They're from Indonesia. They're from Jakarta. They're very passionate for the property. This is not their core business, um, but they, they have a love for Bali. They have a love for art and culture. So they were very much into that. And we were very like-minded. The, the Capella Hotel Group is so passionate about quality. Super exclusive. We've just been ranked number one in Indonesia and the number one resort in Asia. So we're totally excited about that. And congratulations. Is, thank you. This was the second year in a row. And yeah, we're, we're just, we're thrilled. And, you know, it's been a super, super tough year. So I'm so happy that our team, they have something to get excited about. Just listening to you speak and about the culture of the Balinese, I can't help but also wonder if kindness isn't something that's going to be integral to luxury travel in the future. Absolutely. I think, uh, well, I mean, it always has been. It always has mm. been. I think kindness in whatever we do, you know, is, is very, very important. Kindness, respect, and, you know, warmth and caring. And that's, I think that's what's, uh, what's, you know, always been there. And I think successful hotels have always, they've, they've, uh, they've been able to orchestrate this. And uh, I know for me, all the best hotels that I've always enjoyed and uh, in terms of service, it's always been because the people have been caring and they've, you know, the key, the beginning is listening and deciphering and then really caring. And it's the unexpected. It's the unexpected surprises that, that is so important and, and really wowing people. And, but yeah, kindness goes such a long way. And most definitely in terms of luxury, very important. And what are your favorite hotels in the world? I, I, one of my favorite hotels is a very small little inn on the west coast of Vancouver Island in British Columbia. It's, uh, it's in Tofino. It's where the Pacific Ocean meets land uh, meets the, the west coast of, of uh, the island. It's very rugged and rocky. And from here, you've got whales, you've got seals, you've got bears that are coming down from the hills. They come to the beach. They, they turn the rocks over and they're searching for crabs and things. Uh, you've got salmon everywhere. And it, the wildlife, it's huge. And you get these storms. Uh, in the winter that come down from Alaska and you get the migratory birds that, that, that come in these storms. And it, it's, so, it's so full of life and nature and it's beautiful to see. So, and it's very small and the rooms, beautiful rooms, they're, they're floor to ceiling plate glass. There's fireplace. You've got sheep's wool um, shawls to put on and outside the ocean is churning like a, like a boiling pot. And it's so cold and the wind and the seagulls are just gliding in the wind and, you know, seals are eating and things. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful to watch in the wintertime. And look, it's been absolutely great talking to you from Bali. I think I speak for all Australians when I say we miss Bali terribly. The energy of the people, as you say, the food, just everything about it, even the music and that beautiful spicy smell that's in the air when you walk around. Yeah, um, yeah so we can't wait to get there. But where to from here, as we always ask at the end of every interview? Yeah, where to from here? 
I'm a mountain guy. I'm going to go and climb Mount Agum. That's my, I, I, every month, I, every, every year I make a pilgrimage to Mount Agum, which is the highest mountain in, in Bali. It's the most sacred three square meters of space on this island. And just to give thanks for, for my family and for, for the world and uh, you know, what, we, what we can learn and watch the sunrise and, and hope and pray to have our friends from Australia come back to Bali sometime soon. We're hoping and praying for that too, Mark. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Okay, thank you very, very much, Renee. Really appreciate it. Hope to see you soon and meet you in person. Don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.